0: Hey, what's up, everyone? I hope you had a great Easter Sunday, maybe played some golf, but hopefully overall time with your family. We had a wonderful brunch and Easter egg hunt with the kids, which was so much fun, they loved it, and I think it had a lot of resemblance of what we do when we're out there hitting golf balls and just letting my oldest son go out and try to find as many of the color balls as possible. So, as parents and coaches, we see children grow so fast, and with that combined with junior golf, They go through sets of clubs faster than we can imagine. I mean, I've seen it just time and time again where my students will come with a new set of clubs every six months. So with that, there's a lot of cost. There's a lot of waste. And today, our guest, Rich Stamper, founder of Epic Golf, will share his solution to this problem.
1: Watching kids tried to play golf with clubs that were too long or too short or too heavy. I mean, you they'll get the club around, but it won't be pretty and they won't perform as well as they could if they had properly fitted clubs. I have to tell you one of the players that was on my professional staff at Trixon was a a name. You'll certainly know Jim Furyk. Jim has probably the ugliest golf swing in professional golf. And to this day, he will say that it was in part because of the golf equipment that he started out when he was a kid. You know, he just he had to figure out a way to loop the club around because it was too long.
0: Rich has been in the golf industry for many years and was also a parent raising two junior golfers. His product, Epic Golf Clubs, is a great product for junior golfers and growing in the game. Let's listen to how it came together. All right, Rich, I'm very excited to have you here today and join me on the Raising Golfers podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Travis. I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. I, you know, so this podcast is really based around all things junior golf, and I believe it's a good resource for parents and coaches and even players to come in. And something that you've created is a very, very interesting and beneficial, I think, asset to junior golf. And that's in relation to junior golf clubs. So I'm I'm excited to talk about this with you today, but before we get into some of those details, I'd love for you to share some of your background in the golf industry and where you started.
1: Sure. Um, I actually made a transition in 1998 from uh, uh, an industrial aerospace background into what had been a lifelong passion into the golf industry. Um, A friend of mine from graduate school Went to work for Callaway Golf, and he recruited me uh, to join Callaway. And actually, I moved from Germany, where I was living at the time, to Carlsbad, California. And six months later, they sent me back to London, England, uh, to work in the to work in the Callaway Golf subsidiary there in London. Um, so I spent three years with Callaway. Returned to the United States in two thousand and one. Actually, had my Second interview with a brand called Trixon on September 11th, 2001. Uh, which no was, way! I'm not sure that was that was. Yes, it was. I was flying to Atlanta on the morning of September 11th uh, for my final interview. Uh, let's just say I, I drove instead of flew, uh, but ended up taking the the job and became president of Trixon, uh, Japanese golf ball manufacturer, and spent. Spent the better part of eight years doing that, um, and then took on a job for another golf product called SkyCaddy, which is the handheld GPS rangefinder. Um, and that was a that was a fun four years, and moved back to Atlanta where I was, which was home, and started this company which is called Epic Golf, which is an upgradable golf clubs
0: for kids. That's, so you've, you've seen many different spectrums in the golf industry. Yes. And so I think that's very interesting. So to dive a little bit deeper into that, you have children yourself who you raised in the game of golf. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's true. I have okay. two boys that are now age 26 and 22.
0: Okay. And, and when did you get them started in the game of golf?
1: Ironically, you know, you've, you've been to the UK. You've probably been to Scotland. You know, golf is very big. Um, and my oldest son picked up his first golf club at around age five or six, when we were living in the UK, uh, when I was with Callaway. and I Travis, it was just, he had such a natural golf swing that I I mean, as, as a coach, you would look at this kid and go, don't do a thing, just play. (laughs) And he just, he just had a natural gift. And, you know, got his first hole-in-one when he was 11. Wow. Um, I mean, it's, you know, he was just a natural. And so, and my youngest son, which is four years younger than he was, uh, picked up the game at about age five or six as well. And they've, I mean, we still play today. You know, That's cool. 26 and twenty twenty two.
0: That's very cool. Do you think his his, your oldest, you know, with that natural swing, would you say that's because of just the environment he was growing up in with you being involved in golf? Maybe you playing a bunch of golf. I don't know if you guys are watching it, but.
1: Yeah, it, it, no, no doubt it, it contributed,
0: mm. but he
1: was, I mean, some kids are just natural athletes and he just seemed to be good at almost anything, you know, he, he tried mm. and he ulti- he ultimately ended up being a nationally ranked rock
0: climber. Is that things. right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> So it just, he just seemed to be good at anything he picked up, but no question being around the game, being around me going, you know, going with me to golf and watching the golf swing. I mean, you can learn a lot just watching good golf swings, not, not mine, but uh, professional players.
0: I I mean, I talk a lot about, you know, just monkey see monkey do kind of thing with children and Mm -hmm. it's amazing, right? Like what they can mimic and, And how quickly they can develop a skill of, let's just say, a golf swing just by watching and observing other people do it and being immersed in that type of environment. It's just it's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing.
1: It is. And I I mean, one of the things that I and this this kind of contributes into the the later part of the story in terms of the company I, I own now. But watching kids try to play golf with clubs that were too long or too short or too heavy, I mean, you, they'll get the club around, mm-hmm. but it won't be pretty, mm-hmm. and they won't perform as well as they could if they had properly fitted clubs. And ironically, the, uh, I have to tell you, one of the players that was on my professional staff at Trixon, was a name you'll certainly know, Jim Furyk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim has probably the ugliest golf swing in professional golf, and to this day, he will say that it was in part because of the golf equipment that he started out when he was a kid. You know, he just he had to figure out a way to loop the club around because it was too long,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know that planted a seed in my head that would would prove you know important know, years later.
0: So what were some of those frustrations then with your own kids and equipment as you were raising them through the game?
1: Well, I mean, I, and I don't want to promote another, uh, another brand on your podcast, but you know, at that time, the only junior golf equipment company that made properly fitted clubs for kids was us kids golf. And you know, being in the industry, I wanted my children to play with properly fitted clubs. So, you know, every nine to fifteen months, my boys would go through a growth spurt mm-hmm. and they would outgrow the clubs. So I'd have to take the set they have, throw them out in the garage, and go buy another set. Right. And over the years, particularly when you've got two two boys that are four years apart. And the younger one absolutely does not want to play with the older one's throwaway set. So, you know, I, I must've had at one time, at least eight or nine used sets out in the garage. You know, U S kids has a trade in program that they'll give you $5 for a club. Mm. I mean, it's almost, it's almost not worth it. Right. But, but it was important to me, for them to play with properly fitted equipment but as i say it was frustrating because i knew being in the industry how easy it was to reshaft golf clubs regrip golf clubs uh, so that again planted another seed that would that would bear fruit some years later
0: so then you you started you started thinking about all these things what was the first original idea for epic golf as far as producing some type of golf club like what and has that changed over time or is what it is now what you actually imagined envisioned back then when you started it
1: um i mean it's it's certainly a, the product is not evolving as much as how we go about reaching kids you know i mean obviously and just in the last 12 months with the pandemic i mean that's changed how we think about selling and and things but You know, I think the first I wanted to do something on my own Mm. after after years of working for other people, I wanted to do something on my own. And ironically, I was sitting around with my boys talking about it. And really, the three of us came up with the idea of creating an upgradable set of junior golf clubs, because, you know, I think they even felt bad. It's like, we're sorry we're growing, Dad, <laughs> you, you, but you need to go buy us another set of clubs. So, you know, I started doing some research. I went out and bought a whole bunch of U.S. kids golf clubs because this is years years past them being kids. So I had gotten rid of all their sets years ago, so I had to go out and buy more um, and I started doing measurements on head sizes and weights and and things like that and started coming up with some ideas with some of my friends in the business about how to create an upgradable junior golf club. Obviously uh, uh, heads can be reshafted very easily. So you can accommodate for the length quite easily. Mm -hmm. The challenge was in the weight of the head. Now, you as a as a golf coach understand that with iron heads there's really loft lie and weight of the head and then with metal woods there's the volume of the head there's loft and and, and things like that once i understood that really the only thing that was changing in a us kids golf club iron was The weight of the head, the face area was not changing that much. So I got some of my design friends to help me design a set of an iron head where weights could be interchanged. So I could start a child out very young in a light head. And as the child progresses in age and in strength, we can take that light weight out and put in a heavier weight. And that really, I mean, it was not that difficult to do. So now our irons are 100% upgradable. Mm.
0: Um,
1: Now the metalwoods are slightly different. Um, We have three families of metalwoods, for lack of a better term, small, medium, and large. And, you know, but we give the parent the, the option of changing the head at the same time that they're changing the shaft. A lot of parents don't, simply because the child is hitting their driver, their fairway, or their hybrids hitting them fine. Mm -hmm. So there's really no need to change the head at every step in the process. I see. So, you know, and basically we charge a parent $15 to upgrade a club. If it, if we change the weight in the iron head, we charge an additional $5. So for a five club set, a parent could spend as little as seventy-five dollars to upgrade that set, versus spending two to two hundred and fifty for an entirely new set. Mm. So the cost savings is pretty dramatic for a parent. God, it would have saved me a whole lot of money. And <laughs> funny, funny thing. We'll even downgrade a set. We've actually had parents who have two kids in our product. And uh-huh. when the oldest outgrows, because we our clubs will take a child up to about five foot six inches tall. Okay So once a child outgrows that, will we've actually taken sets back and made them smaller so that a younger child can start growing into the because the, the the heads are very high quality, so they last they last a very
0: long time. That's great. I, I, so just to clarify something for parents listening what is the benefit or what are some of the benefits of changing the weight of the iron head as the children grow? And develop? Well,
1: as, as they grow, most of the times the, there's a correlation between the, their height and their strength. So now that's not always true. I mean, we we will make a set to a certain specification and some parents, particularly parents who are good golfers, they recognize that their son or daughter might want a, a lighter head so that they can generate more speed because the heavier the head gets the harder it is for the child to generate enough head speed to you know to launch the ball uh, out there so the the weights are geared towards increasing as the child grows in strength so that there's a good match between their strength and their, and their club head speed.
0: I see. Right. Okay, great. So, you know, thus far with how everything you've done, what has been the customer feedback and customer satisfaction, you know, coming from other junior golf club companies to then come into Epic?
1: I I think amazing. I mean, we've just had, we've just, I mean, we're really, we're now, this will be our fourth season. Um, selling, and we've seen the number of upgrades that we're getting grow dramatically, so parents are starting to upgrade the the sets that they bought, and I think the more they do that, the more they're going to appreciate the cost difference and We give parents a lot of customization options, you know with the bag they can put their child's name on it I mean there's a lot That's of stuff cool. that that we do that that other companies do not. Mm. But the, the feedback on the product has always been exceptional. the The product is very high quality. We've we've never had uh, a complaint uh, that I'm aware of uh, mm. concerning the quality of the equipment. And obviously, the obviously the cost comparison with U.S. kids is 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 pretty favorable as well.
0: Absolutely, and especially like you said, if you know if the children are staying in the game of golf even for, you know, more than two seasons you're going to see those benefits pretty quickly won't you as far as from a financial absolutely. standpoint and just the you know waste um as well you know you're not you're, you're not just throwing out an entire bag an entire set of clubs you know it's not just stored in your garage it's 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 a lot better for the environment too isn't it so it's just really cool yes, i like that
1: absolutely absolutely and as i say because you know a, a typical set of u.s kids clubs might only need to last at most Two years, you know, before the child outgrows them, you know, versus ours, our iron heads particularly might have to last six, seven, eight years.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, we use we use basically the same materials that are used in adult clubs. I see. I don't know that I don't know that there's another uh, junior golf club company that that would say that because they're, they're not having to design their clubs for that length of time and that much use.
0: That makes sense. That's very interesting. And if the if parent wanted to, if they purchased Epic Golf Clubs and then it came to the point where they needed to make some changes, whether it's the shaft length or the weight in the irons, what is the general turnaround time for them to send the clubs out and then get the upgrades sent back to their house?
1: Um, I mean, from the time that, we'll, they, they come onto our website or call us and request the upgrade and we'll immediately call the parent on the phone and discuss with them what they, what they want to do. And once that's all finalized, we'll send out by email uh, a return mailing link. And once, so, I mean, depending on where the parent is, it could take three to five days for the clubs to get to us. And I would say in eighty to ninety percent of the cases, unless there's some issue, we'll turn the upgrade around in about a week. And so another three. So it could be they could be without clubs for about two weeks.
0: I see. Okay.
1: But like right now, we're we're doing most of our upgrades early in the spring or in the fall.
0: That makes sense, right. Yeah. Just when basically just before the season begins or just at the end yes. of the season for for most players, yes. right? Yeah. And particularly, I guess, in the United States, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of areas where there are seasons, right? Where it's, you can only play golf certain times of the year. So it's, Absolutely. you know, and that would be a great time to to do the upgrades, isn't it? Absolutely. Right. Okay. That's cool. So, And as,
1: and as we, as we continue to grow, I mean, one of the things that we would probably look to do is have uh, just, just like a, a company like Callaway or others, they have repair centers, strategically located in different parts of the country so as to cut down on that shipping cost and shipping time. Mm. So as, as we continue to grow, I would not be surprised to see us uh, do something with an upgrade center you know somewhere out near you, uh, somewhere closer to the west coast. Atlanta is a great central location for the entire eastern seaboard right but once you have to go you know to say Washington State or Arizona, then you can get some, some, I mean, reasonably long, uh, delivery
0: times. Right. Okay. No, fair enough. And so I'm curious too, you know, when you were doing the research and development, uh, I'm I'm assuming you would compare it to other junior golf clubs, but you know, how long did it take to find the right place where you could actually get the golf ball to launch at a high enough angle so that, you know, the children can get the ball up in the air to consistently go certain distances based on certain clubhead speeds like was that a challenging task for you guys when you' were starting out
1: um I mean it, it, I, I would be lying to to say it there wasn't a number of iterations right um, <laughs> but but I mean we yeah. ultimately tested the clubs uh, against all the leading uh, brands out in really out in your neck of the woods with golf laboratories on the uh, the iron Byron as they call it robot mm-hmm so it was he. He had to make some adjustments to the robot to fit, you know, junior golf. Because he said, "Rich, honestly, no one's ever tested junior golf equipment on my robot."
0: Is that right? Um, yes,
1: but I felt it was important. You know, I I wanted to see because the the robot is is important because it can test clubs under identical conditions. I mean, you know, as you know, being a golf coach. I mean, no two swings are the same and no, t- unless you're obviously a, a, a high playing professional, but the robot can give you really, really good comparisons across different clubs. And I mean, I wanted to have the data showing that my equipment actually outperformed U.S. kids and, and others and and they do.
0: That's cool. And I was just about to ask you that. So what kind of areas did you find that your clubs outperformed some of these other brands? Like like for example, whether it's launch, spin, uh, distance, you know, what, distance, what did you find? I mean, d-
1: distance and, and, uh, and consistency. I mean, d- d- you always see that when someone's hitting irons or drivers, there's always, there's always a, like a scatter diagram,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, nobody, nobody never does it hit directly on the center line every time. Right. So we wanted to measure, overall distance, because that's what everybody's concerned with these days, but also consistency and, you know, how tight was the shot pattern?
0: Mm. So and those were good.
1: two things that the robot gave us very good data.
0: Oh, that's cool. So it has like, I guess you could say a little bit more forgiveness on some of the mishit strikes than some of the that's competitors correct. out that's there. Correct. Yeah. I, and I think that's important, especially for, well, for anybody really, but, you know, you think about children, you know, that that, this is where they're starting their journey. They're starting golf. Mm -hmm. So their ability to, like you said, strike in the center consistently is going to be very, very minimal. So having just that extra bit of forgiveness in the clubs, I think is huge for them because it's going to boost their confidence. They're going to see the ball still fly out there, even on not such a perfect swing or not such a perfect strike. And I think that's really cool that you guys were able to find that and be able to produce that type of product. For the customer and that's
1: that's one thing i think parents uh, per- now parents who are golfers probably understand this but we're seeing more and more kids getting into golf who don't have parents who golf which is a great thing um but those parents who don't really understand the game that well you know are typically the ones who will make a, an equipment mistake and they'll they'll buy something they'll they'll say you know Johnny is 42 inches tall um, I'll buy him clubs that will fit him properly a year from now so he can grow into them that's a you're taking a big risk I mean mm-hmm. if you really want Johnny to play, get Johnny clubs that he can play well with today not in a year's time when mm-hmm. he grows three inches for sure you know it's, I mean it, it's not I mean you would never. I, I like to say, you know, you would never buy clothes or shoes by age. You buy them to fit.
0: <laughs> right. And, it's and true. You're
1: never, you're never going to send your child to school with clothes that are way too big for them so they can grow into them. Right. You're just not going to do that. Right. And so, I mean, parents, and that's what we preach every day is, you know, that's what our upgradable product model is provides them the opportunity to do to get clubs for their child at their current height but still have it be affordable because when they do grow you're paying less than half the cost to upgrade the set versus having to go out and buy an entirely new one
0: Mm, absolutely so it's
1: kind of it's kind of getting your cake and eating it too a little bit
0: right yeah absolutely yeah i think that's i think that's it's a very important message and like you said We see it every single day, you know, the parent goes out and who doesn't know golf and sometimes even does know golf will just kind of go out and get the cheap, average junior golf set and you'll Mm -hmm. see it and the kid will come and the putters up to their neck, right? Right. And, you know, they've got these heavy irons, they can't even get the club up off the ground, so they kind of give it the hockey stick hold, which, you know. It's, a, it's okay if they're doing that, but not not because the club's too heavy. Maybe if they're doing that because that's their concept of hitting, that's okay. But I think if it's because the the equipment's wrong, that's a problem, isn't it? Yes, it So, is. you know, I think a message for parents for sure, especially if you're trying to get your children into the game of golf, is definitely consult a golf professional or somebody that you know who plays golf or has juniors in the game that's been playing for a while first before going out and buying that generic set because you're, going to waste money. And like you said, you might even affect the the child's interest in in the game of golf because the equipment's wrong and they can't strike the ball. So that would be my general recommendation. So, um, Rich.
1: And and I would say as well, Travis, that I think the golf professional uh, has a a big part to play in this as well. And not enough of your brethren uh, take junior golf clubs seriously enough. Some do. Mm-hmm. But but for the most part, junior golf clubs are a pain point for most golf professionals because they 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 would much rather sell what it used to be. They would much rather sell adult clubs, uh, and they they'd much rather have you spend five hundred dollars on a new driver than two hundred dollars on a junior set that Johnny's going to outgrow in a year and then that consumer is going to be in your face as a golf professional saying, you know, I'm frustrated. So a lot of golf professionals just don't even bother with junior golf equipment and they send the parent off to Walmart or, you know, Costco or Dick's Sporting Goods just to get something. That's true. And that's that that contributes to the problem. For and, sure. I mean, it, it's really not something that that we need to discuss here because it's, uh, I don't think the parent will be that concerned with how we retail our product, but just as much as we have innovated in the design of the product, we've innovated in how we sell our product to and through golf professionals like yourself. I mean, we've made it stupid, simple to do and really, I mean, We recognize that that golf professionals and golf shops, pro shops, play a central role in the game and and we really should be there. But we make it really, really simple for them to sell our
0: product. Mm, That's great. And I think that's very important. I really do. I think it's extremely important for that. So then if, if a parent wanted to purchase Epic Golf Clubs, where would you send them and what would you recommend they do to get started and purchasing a set
1: um if if you're a member in a golf uh, uh golf club you know go into the pro shop and ask for epic and if they don't have it then we've got a very simple place on our website for the golf professional to come on and request a conversation about opening an account if that doesn't lead you, as a parent, to where you want to be, then you can always come to epic golf, E P E C G O L F dot com and buy a set direct from us online.
0: Awesome. And, you know, just for the listeners, I've only heard great things and great feedback so far with your product that you have put together. And I think that there is a lot of great things with what you're doing for families. And for junior golfers for the short-term and the long-term. So I highly recommend everybody goes and checks that out. And, um, like, like, like Rich said, go into the golf shop first and then, and if not, definitely check out the website as well. Rich, I think you've shared some really important information and the things that you talked about today made me rethink my thought process as I'm even raising my own two sons and they're, they're still young. My oldest is only three, but as things develop and things come along and you know, I, I think this, the, the, the problem or the solution you've had to the problem of junior golf clubs is going to be huge for the industry, which is really cool. So before you go, you've got to give us one last piece of advice. So what would be your final words of inspiration for raising golfers?
1: Um, I think just make sure they have proper equipment, but just let them play. I mean, that's I learned to love the game because my dad would take me to the golf course in the every summer. He would take me at, you know, nine, nine thirty in the morning and drop me off. And I would just loop the entire day until he'd come back after he got off work and pick me up. I mean, that's, I guess if, if I had it to do over again, Travis, I would probably take lessons because <laughs> I think, because I think I'd be a better golfer today. But there's a lot of really, really great programs out there for your kids. Um, and one that I'll name drop is one you're familiar with, which is Operation 36.
0: Yep, um, absolutely. If, if,
1: if you've not heard of Operation 36, uh, go check it out. I mean, it's a great, great program because it teaches kids to love golf because they succeed at how they're progressing. And if, if you don't understand, the, if, if a parent that's listening to this has never heard of Operation 36, go check it out and go find a club that offers Operation 36 programs, because it's a great way for your child to learn how to play golf.
0: I love that recommendation. And I'll share in the show notes, I'll share the link to Epic Golf, your website, and I'll also put one in there for Operation 36 as well.
1: That's great. That's
0: and great. yeah, Rich, thank you so much for coming on today. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I Like I said, I learned a lot about your product and just the story, the background story, I think is really cool. And again, I think you, you're going to be doing something great here for the future of the industry in junior golf. So thanks for coming on.
1: I do too. Thank you very much, Travis. I enjoyed it.
0: Rich Stamper, founder of Epic Golf, really shared some great information for us on junior golf clubs. I like how he compared golf clubs to shoes and clothes for children. We don't want to have them grow into clubs just like we don't want to have them grow into clothes and shoes they should already fit. Keep in mind, proper golf equipment is very important for junior golfers. We want them to be able to hit the ball with their best ability so they can continue to enjoy the game. If you haven't already, go check out Epic Golf Clubs now. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.